Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message kicks off our brand new series, One, with Pastor Omar Lopez in a message called The Power of One. If you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount. And then also check out our website at praisechapelparamount.com. It's loaded with information, tons of resources. Enjoy this message. Oh, praise the Lord. How many believe that? We need a move this morning. So we're glad you're here. 2021, our new year. Welcome. Want to welcome everyone here this morning. Want to welcome some few people that uh, have come back. I know some have been away since the whole thing broke out, but we welcome you back. We're glad you're here this morning. In fact, why don't you turn to someone and say, you're in the right place at the right time right now. All right. Some of you are already saying it ahead of me. So we welcome those that are watching online. Just appreciate everyone being here. Doesn't it feel good to be in the house of God? It does. God, I just sense the presence of the Lord. And I have a lot to say this morning. I have a lot of information, but I don't want information. I want to see transformation. And so I'm going to try to get through it as quick as I can because I believe this morning, not because I'm preaching it, but this message can change your life. I believe that one message can change your life. And if we just pay attention and let, let, let the word seek into your life today, I believe it'll minister to you. And uh, we're talking about one and many are probably thinking, you know, what's the big deal of one? And I'm telling you, one is very significant. And how many know there's only one Jesus? Hallelujah. There's only one God. And the power of one is what I'm going to talk about because sometimes it just takes one decision that'll change your life. One moment, one person that'll make a difference. Choosing one thing to do in your life, making that one decision that can change everything. And so I'm gonna read a verse of scripture here that can just kind of launch it a little bit here out of Philippians chapter three, verse 13, a very familiar scripture. Many of you probably are very familiar with. He says, brothers, I do not count myself to have attained, in other words, to have uh, got it all arrived, but this one thing, say one thing, all right, that I do. He goes, I'm forgetting those things which are behind, and I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I've been reaching to 2021 for a long time, hallelujah. Since March, I've been reaching forward. He goes, I press toward the goal, it says, the goal to what? to the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. All right. So let's pray. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for the word of God. I thank you for the people of God that are here, those that are watching online. I thank you, God, for your spirit that's here and, Lord, among us this morning. We pray today, let us be open to the Holy Spirit. Help us, God, to reach forward to what's ahead. Let's forget about the past. Let's forget about 2020. Let's move into 2021 and what you have ahead for us today. I pray, God, that you'd anoint every word that I say, that the people would hear the voice behind the voice. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. And I love what Paul the Apostle is saying here because as many accomplishments that Paul was able to attain and many things that he was able to do for God. I mean, you read the scriptures and from the very beginning as Paul was called of God and how God changed his life, he began to work and do the ministry. The Bible said that uh, many miracles came as a result of Paul 
and the diseases were healed. He laid hands on people. He spoke the word of God and lives were changed. He even uh, uh, was able to raise a young man that fell off a, a, a top story window and, and he fell down and Paul went and healed him and then kept preaching. Now, so Paul was preaching. The guy fell out the window. Paul went down, raised him back, and he went back to preaching. Uh, and so many times we see that Paul was able to see, do these miracles. One time he's worshiping God along with silence and the prison doors open. I mean, the miraculous thing. And yet Paul was willing and humble enough to admit that he had not arrived yet. Paul was willing to say, you know what? All of these things are nothing compared to what Christ is. And he said, you know what? All of these, I have still not arrived. He goes, but this one thing that I do, not a thousand things, just one thing. And Paul said this one decision, the most important decision, he said, I'm forgetting what's behind me and I'm focusing on what's ahead of me. Some of you this morning, or some of us, the reason we're not moving forward is we're looking backwards. The reason why we haven't moved ahead is because we're still holding to the past. In order to get a hold of what's ahead, you got to let go of what's behind you. And so Paul says, I'm forgetting what's behind me, and he goes, and I'm pressing toward what's ahead of me. Now, with that word, when he says, I'm forgetting what's behind me, he's not saying today that he doesn't have any memory of the past. He's not making a statement that he's forgotten everything in the past. He's not saying that. All of us this morning, and even Paul the apostle, in order to share your testimony, you got to know what's happened in the past. And so Paul many times said, I'm the chief of sinners. Uh, I persecuted the church of God. So he's not talking about forgetting the past, the memory of the past. What he is saying here, he said, I can look at the past and I can learn from the past and I don't have to live in the past. When he said, forgetting what's behind me, I don't have to live back there. It no longer has influence over my life. It no longer has control over my life. I'm not living in the past. I'm not living in the bondage and the pain of the past. We got to give our past sins to Jesus. Can you say amen? And I will say this, not, not only our passion, but our past defeats. And I'll take it even further, we need to give our past victories. And you may say, why? Because, number one, our past defeats, we need to forget about all the defeats that, that have hurt us, the injuries that have wounded us. We need to say, God, you can take them. Because I can tell you what, if we don't give them to God, the enemy will always bring them up. The enemy will always accuse you. How many of the devil is an accuser of the brethren? And he will always accuse you of the past. He will always accuse you if you don't give it to God and say, you know what? I'm forgiven. I no longer am accused anymore. I've been forgiven. You can move forward. And then, and then I believe this, that we got to give our victories to God too, or we have to leave those victories in the past because we can't li- keep living on yesterday's victories. Some of us are living on yesterday's victory. The Bible says the children of Israel went out daily for fresh manna. It's fresh manna every day. Stop living in yesterday's worms, right? We can't live off of yesterday's blessings and yesterday's strength. Many of us said the good old days. Let me tell you, the good old days are today. The good old days are right now. And so if we're still living in the past victories, you're never going to get any new victories, any new promises of God. 
And so Paul the Apostle is saying, uh, for Gideon, and he goes, I'm reaching forward to what is the head. Now, I love the illustration here because when you stretch forward, how many know it gets a little bit uncomfortable? You have to get out of, you got to get some movement going. If you're going to stretch, you got to get out of the relaxed, reclining state that you're in, and you got to stretch forward, get out of that stationary place that you're in, and get out of that inconvenience and make a little extra, or make give a little extra effort to stretch forward. He said, I'm staying focused on what's ahead of me. I'm not stretching backwards. I'm stretching forward. And he said, I'm pressing toward God. In other words, he, 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 the one thing is he was focused on God. I pressed toward the goal, the pride of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. So the pride he's talking about is being in alignment with the will of God. He said, I'm pressing toward, uh, in other words, I'm refocusing, I'm recalibrating my life to get in alignment with God. And I believe here today, as we've entered in this new year, this is where we need to refocus today. What is the one thing you need to do this year that can help you personally, that can help you spiritually, that can help your marriage that can help you in your relationship, that can help your family, that can help your community, that can help the job that you're working in right now? What is the one thing that you can do today that can make a change? What is the one focus that you can have today that will recalibrate your life? Because many times what's happening is, is there's some, there's, there's, sometimes there's not many things. Maybe there's one thing we need to make a change in. Maybe it's that one thing that's holding you back. I'm reminded, and, and Pastor Isaac just used the illustration today, but I want to go back to that, is the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10, where Jesus is, uh, he comes to Jesus and said, Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, uh, uh, you know, actually obey the commandments. And he said, check, 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 check. I got it done. Well, what a remarkable man. I mean, I, I couldn't have said even check to one, but this guy said, check, check, check. I've done them all since I was a little kid. And Jesus looked at him because this guy had the outward obedience, but Jesus was looking for the obedience from the heart. And the Bible says in Mark chapter 10, verse 21, Jesus looked at him and loved him. So, see, here's the thing we need to know, that God loves us, but it doesn't mean he won't confront us. In fact, when someone loves you, they need to confront you. If they don't confront you, they really don't love you. If they only tell you what you want to hear, they really don't care about you. And so Jesus said, hey, there, there's one thing you lack. In other words, you got one thing missing in your life. You got all this all together. You've arrived, so to speak. But let me just say, there's one thing that you lack. He says, go sell everything that you have. Give it to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven, then what? Come, follow me. So if there's one thing standing in the way of following Jesus, you better get rid of that one thing. If there's one thing that you lack, and this guy apparently it was material possession because he had a lot of it, not saying that material possessions and wealth is the evil, but it became a stumbling block or a barrier in his life from following Jesus. And the Bible says in verse 22, at this, upon hearing this, this man's face fell, and he went away sad. Why? Because he had 
great wealth. Now, here's what I, I want to look at here. God specifically showed him that one thing that he needed to change, but he was unwilling to do and would have benefited him spiritually, but instead of doing the one thing that benefited him, he walked away. Sometimes God is speaking to us right here in a service like this or even in the Word of God when you read it, and God is saying, you need to get rid of this one thing, and you'll benefit spiritually. It'll change your life. Not only change your life, it'll change the life of other people around you. Now, here's where, what always gets me, because this guy, had he did what Jesus did, had he just did the one thing, he could have been the 13th disciple. He could have, it could have been number 13. Maybe we would have had, instead of 12 disciples or 12 apostles, we would have had 13 apostles. Maybe we would have been right, reading his stories in the book of Acts where maybe this rich young ruler would have been that first guy preaching the gospel as Peter and 3,000 get saved. Maybe he would have been that guy that picked up that guy at the gate beautiful by the arm and said, you know, money have I none, but in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Hallelujah. He said, I gave my money away, but I got the power of God in me. Maybe that's what we would have read about him. But instead, the Bible says the one thing he did was walk away from Jesus. And the Bible says he walked away sad. See, Sometimes it just takes the one thing. All we have to do is one. You may ask, what's so significant about one? I mean, why call it one? I mean, what's so significant about even numerically, this number one compared to 100 is nothing, right? It seems powerless. It means it almost seems meaningless. Even in the natural world, we would look at one and say, man, uh, one is not a big deal. But I can tell you, one, one can make you even more wealthier. Can you imagine that if, if the bank, uh, you know, whatever you bank uh, today in 2021, they said, you know, we're just going to add an extra zero to your bank account, just one extra zero. Wouldn't that be nice? So instead of you having $500, you'd have $5,000. And instead of you having $1,000, you'd have what? $10,000, you guys are getting it already, right? One zero can make you wealthier. All it takes is just one number that can make you wealthier. I, I begin to think about this one thing. One, one can mean the difference. One point can mean a difference in winning a game or not winning a game, right? I mean, the Raiders know this, but one point can make a difference. Yeah, I think with that last week, just one point. Uh, one point can make a difference in the football. Sorry, Raider friends. Uh, and one point can make a difference. Uh, one second can make a difference in an NBA game. Man, I've seen them score a point in less than a second. And so one second can make a difference. They could change the outcome of a game. One thing or one can make you very sad. All it takes is one car accident. All it takes is one accident at work. All it takes is one argument that can destroy a relationship or a marriage. All it takes is one sickness that can affect the rest of your life and leave you disabled. All it takes is one death that can cause a deep wound in your life. One can make you glad. One smile from your child. One look from your spouse. One hug from a brother. One phone call or of encouragement from all it takes is just one how about spiritually all it takes is one prayer of repentance 
All it takes is one encounter with God, one moment with the Holy Spirit. Believe it or not, one in the Bible signifies unity. One is a big difference. One signifies unity. In fact, the Bible tells us that one represents the union of the Godhead as one. One represents the union of man and woman becoming one. One represents the union of God and man in salvation, the power of one. In fact, look at what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4. It said, do your best to preserve the unity which the Spirit gives by means of the peace that binds you together. There is one body, one Spirit, just as there is one hope to which God has called you. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There is one God and Father of all people. He who is Lord of all, works through all, and is in all. One Lord, one Father, one faith. Hallelujah. So there's something powerful when it comes about the one. And in fact, this is kind of an introductory message this morning. I'm not going to uh, get specific on certain stories, uh, but next month or so, or the next few weeks or so, I'm going to talk about different characters of the Bible, just one person making a difference. One person one moment, one prayer, one expression of, of giving, one expression of worship, uh, one, one instant of compassion, one piece of the puzzle changes everything, one prayer, all of these different characters in the Bible, how they made just one person made a difference. And I'm here to tell you, just one of you makes a difference. Now, I don't know if any of you this year and Maybe, I know this year is kind of different, but in past years, how many have ever made New Year's resolutions? And maybe you made some this year. And they, they actually did a study on New Year's resolutions, and they categorized them in four different categories. They said the number one New Year's resolution was financial. In other words, people were saying, I'm going to budget my money. I'm going to spend less and save more. How many already broke that this Saturday, right? You just say, man, you know, <laughs> the number two with health and diet. Yeah, yeah, you're exercising. That'll last about a week. You'll be back at the donuts by next week. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm encouraging you. Health and diet. I'm healthy. I'm going to do healthy. Oh, yeah. You know, you ever meet? Uh, anyway, and, and number, number three is relationships. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to have deeper relationships. I'm going to be more friendly. I'm going to have more forgiveness and grace and mercy. We need a little bit of that. And number four was personal development. In other words, they said they wanted their life to make a difference. And I think that's everyone's desire is that their life makes a difference. And if I can just say this to you, what, what it really shows us here in these uh, resolution is that people are pursuers. They're pursuing something, whether it's a new home, uh, whether it's a new deal, a new job, uh, you know, something new, you know, a new spouse, not a new spouse, but a uh, new this, a new that, you know, they're looking for something new uh, and something that's going to give them joy and something that's going to give them happiness. But if I could delay all of that and tell you, instead of looking, uh, what about today leaving something, leaving a mark in history? Leaving a good legacy. Are you hearing me? Making a difference. What do you want to be remembered for? 
evaluating your life and saying, man, instead of me looking for something, I want to leave something behind. I want to make an impact on somebody's life. I want to make an impact upon the world. A number of years ago, they sent out an email uh, with a number of questions, and one of them was, and just think about this, the number one question was, name five of the wealthiest people in the world. Number two was, name the last five Heisman Trophy winners. Number three, uh, uh, name the last five winners of the Miss America contest. Number four, name 10 people who won the Nobel, uh, no, Nobel Prize. Number five, name the last half dozen Academy Award winners and best, best actors and actresses. And number 10, or number six, name the last 10 world uh, the last 10 World Series winners. And many of you could probably name some, but most of us would probably say, who knows, man, I don't know, Google it. I don't know what that is. But then a second email went out, and they asked this question, list a few teachers who aided your journey through school. Name three friends that, that have helped you through a difficult time. Name five people who have taught you something worthwhile. Think of a few people who have made you feel appreciated and special. Think of five people that you enjoy spending time with. Name six heroes whose stories have inspired you. See, the people who have made a difference in your life aren't these superstars. Aren't these people that you watch on TV. It's mostly just people that you know that care about your life and made a difference in your life. And believe it or not, you're one of those people. It's easy to live in a world that we're living. It's overpopulated. A lot of people, we say, man, can I really make a difference? Is my life, you know, is there really power in my life? Can I really make a contribution to this world? Can I really contribute to anything in life? Does my life really make that much of a difference? And many times we think our life doesn't make a difference. Or we think our life hasn't made a difference. And I'm here to tell you the power of one, you can make the difference. There is a a quote by Edward Everett, and he put it this way, I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do something that I can do. There is only one of you. You're only one person with your exact heritage, with your precise series of events, with the sufferings and things that you brought in life. You're the only one that has those personal convictions, those skills, that appearance, that touch, your tone, your voice, your style, your surrounding, your spirit of image. You're only that one person. That single individual is only you. There are things that have been deposited in your life that only you have. I'm going to read the scripture because I think I I want to just tell you, you're more unique than you think. And your life makes a difference. Here's what God says about you. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. See, so God is saying, I called you and I commissioned you before you were even born. Before you were even a twinkle twinkle in your daddy's eye, God already knew who you were, right? In other words, God said, I had a purpose for you 
I already knew what was happening in your life. You're, let me just say this. You're not a result or you're not a consequence of some relational accident. You're not a consequence of some cosmic thing that happened and just God made you on purpose, strategically, intentionally put you on this earth for a purpose. Your parents may have called you an accident. You may have been a surprise by them, but you did not surprise God. God purposely made you for this time right now. And you need to know that. Because it's easy to begin to say, well, my life uh, is not significant. But I'm here to tell you today that God knew your weaknesses and your strength before you were even born. And he knew the world needed you for such a time as this. And you need to know that. I'm going to show you a video today. It's kind of an older video. It's from a Twilight Zone and I don't know if you guys were ever into that, but I was the Twilight Zone guy. I've watched every single Twilight Zone. And, um, but this one, I'm going to tell you, made such impact in my life when I was younger that I still remember it to this day. And I'm not going to, I'm only going to show you a few clippings of it, but I want to kind of give you a little background because I can't show the whole thing. And it's called, the, the name of the Twilight Zone, if you want to watch it later, is called The Changing of the Guard. Series three, I just happened to tell you that, okay? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's on Netflix. But anyway, uh, this particular one is about a professor named Alice Fowler. Uh, he's an elderly English literature teacher. In fact, I, I was thinking about that because I actually took a class when I was in high school, and I'm glad I did. And nobody told me to do it, but it just kind of accidentally uh, well, I believe it was God. I took uh, American literature, and uh, I read poems from Edgar Allan Poe, Mark Twain, and a lot of those poems and things that I've read, stories that are actually still with me today, and many of them I use in sermon illustrations. You just don't know it. And, and uh, I, I, I said, man, I really appreciated that class. Uh, but this guy, Alice, uh, Alice Fowler, Fowler, he's a professor at a prep school, and he is forced to go into retirement, he has been working for 51 years as this teacher, and they are forcing him to retire. And so he goes home that day, he's very sad because he really wants to keep teaching, but now he's gotten older and they're asking him to retire. He's already passed the retirement age, and so he goes home, and I just wanna give you a little bit of background before I show the clip, and he feels like his life is meaningless. In fact, he really, he, he sits at his desk and he looks at a gun and he ba basically uh, uh, is already contemplating that he's going to kill himself. And the housekeeper there where he lives, he begins to just tell her and begin to reminisce about his life. And so this is where we pick up the story uh, with the housekeeper as he's reminiscing about the students that he's had. I don't know if we can move that table maybe. That might help.
more key, sir? Dinner will be ready in a half hour. Why don't you take a little nap? I know I'm being very difficult, but you think we might put off dinner tonight. I haven't much of an appetite. But, Professor, you've got to eat something. Perhaps later. I could keep it warm for you. Why don't you take a little nap? Two of the animals. So hold on a second there. So before we go into this segment, so he leaves there. No, no, don't, don't put on the lights on. Uh, we're going to go into this segment here. You can turn off the lights. Thank you. Uh, anyway, uh, so what he's going to do here is now he's going to, um, he leaves that place. Hold on, hold on, please. He leaves the place where he's talking to the housekeeper, and now he ends up going back to his classroom, kind of reminiscing. And as he's sitting there, all of a sudden, these ghosts show up. And these are the ghosts of his former students. And so this is the scene where we pick this up.
professor. I was at Pearl Harbor in the Arizona. I was an ensign. But I remember Dickie. He said a dozen men had gotten out of the boiler room after they were trapped. Lost your own life doing it. You were at my elbow that day, professor. You may not have known it, but you were there. It was something you taught me. A poem by John Gunn. Any man's death diminishes me as I am involved in mankind. And therefore, never sent to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Thompson, sir. Second poem, class of 39. I got out of game. But you taught me about patriotism. Rice, sir. Third poem, class of 1917. I died when I was in Chateau Terry. You taught me about courage. Hudson, sir, second form, class of 1922. You taught me about loyalty. Whiting, sir, fourth form, class of 51. You taught me about ethics and honesty. Wow. One man can make a difference, right? One person. And that's really the, um, I think it's the story of the Bible. I believe it is. And as we think about even our own life as believers, it's the story of who we are. One decision can change the course of history. One man, one woman, one woman can change a nation, can change a community. And I look throughout the Bible Abraham fathered a nation. Moses delivered people from captivity. David killed a giant. Elijah stood against false religion. Esther saved a nation. Nehemiah rebuilt the wall. Jesus made eternal life possible. Hallelujah. Paul evangelized the world. The longest journey begins with just one step. And so many of us may say, well, you know what? My life isn't anywhere near nothing compared to anyone in the Bible. But I'm here to tell you, there are several people in the Bible that thought they didn't qualify. Abraham was too old. Jacob was too insecure. Leah was unattractive. Joseph was abused. Moses was a stutterer. Gideon was too poor. Samson was codependent. Rahab was immoral. David had an affair Elijah was suicidal. Jeremiah was depressed. Jonah was reluctant. Naomi was a widow. John the Baptist was eccentric to say the least. Peter was impulsive and hot-tempered. Martha was always worried. The Samaritan woman had several failed marriages. Zacharias was unpopular. Thomas was the doubter. Paul had poor health. Tim Timothy was timid. But I'm here to tell you that God can use your life Yep, there is the power of one today. Your life is more significant than you know. And so I'm, I'm praying this morning. I want you to be encouraged today that your life is making more of a difference than you realize. And there are people around you right now. They're, they're looking to you. The advice that you give them, the prayer that you give them, the word that you give them literally is changing their life this morning. And we can't go on without mentioning Jesus. He changed the course of history. One person. He wants to use your life today.
Why don't we bow our heads in reverence to the Lord. Holy Spirit, we thank you today. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, God, that you're so merciful, that you and your kindness, God, and your mercy has chosen to use us. Lord, we're just simple people. God, we don't have all of the talent. We don't have all the ability, but God, we're just making ourselves available. Sometimes the greatest ability is just availability. God, we want to be available for you. God, however you could use me, whatever word I could say to someone else, whatever impact I can leave, God, I believe that there's power in just one person. Your word shows us over and over again. The Holy Spirit, we thank you today. We know today, God, it's because of Jesus, one person, one Savior, one way. Jesus said, he is the way. He is the truth, and he is the life. Jesus made a way for all of us today. So if you're in this room right now, or maybe you're online, you're watching, every head bowed, every eye closed, and you're wondering, man, can my life make a difference? It can if you let Christ in your life. If you let the one come in your life, he can change your life so dramatically. He can make such a difference in your life today. So I want to encourage you this morning to receive him in your life. Let him come into your heart today. Let him make a difference so that you can make a difference. If you're in this room right now, you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never surrendered your heart to the Lord. You're watching online this morning. You be honest with God. That's me, Pastor. I need the Lord in my life. Would you raise your hand right now? Is there anyone at all in this room who said, I need the Lord in my life? He can make a difference in your life. You're missing something. One thing you lack. You may have it all together in some areas, but one thing you lack, you lack Jesus in your life. You don't have him in your life today. Raise your hand right now. Is there anyone at all right now? Anyone at all? You just be honest with God. Say, that's me. That's me. Maybe you're watching online. Just let us know that you want to receive the Lord in your life. Say, that's me. That's me. Hallelujah. Anyone at all? Just raise your hand. Say, I, I need the Lord in my life, Pastor. I, need, I want to receive Christ in my life. Maybe you were once walking with God but you're away from God today. You're not serving the Lord. You need to come back to him. God's looking for you right now. Just come back. Raise your hand. Who are you? Anyone at all in this building right now? Thank you, Lord. I want us to think about something as we're sitting there with our eyes closed, our heads bowed. You may be thinking just like this old man, man, my life's not making a difference. I'm not really making that much of an impact. You're, you're, you're a believer, and you can be thinking, man, I'm not li li leaving an imprint on anyone. I'm not changing anyone's life. And I'm here to tell you, you are. You are changing somebody's life. You are making a difference. So whoever you are right now, you're making a difference in the lives of people. You're making a difference in the hearts and lives of people this morning. Right now. You're more significant than you know. There is power in one. There's power in you. 
And I'm here to tell you, I want here to encourage you, 2021 is the power of one. This year is going to be one person at a time, one impact at a time, one decision at a time, one moment at a time, one encounter, one soul at a time. We're going to make a difference. One person, you. God made you for such a time as this. And so this morning, why don't we stand together right now? Why don't we stand to our feet? Hallelujah. And as we worship God today, maybe maybe you've been thinking about your life. Maybe you've been thinking, man, am I really going to make a difference? I'm here to tell you, every single person in this building, you're called to make a difference, and you are making a difference. Hallelujah. Don't, don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't let the enemy talk about all your weaknesses and all your wrongs and all the faults. We all got them. Hallelujah. There ain't no one perfect here in this room. Thank God for his grace, huh? So we're going to worship today. If you just want to come and pray, maybe there's some things you just want to talk to God about your life. Maybe you, you say, man, I want to make more of a difference. I want, I want to make some better decisions this year. I want to make... I want to make that one change in my life. I want to get rid of that one barrier in my life. That one thing that I'm lacking, that one thing that's gotten in the way. Just come. Just come right now. As we as we lead, as they lead us in worship right now. Just come. Come open the altars if you want prayer. If you want to pray, just come right now. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Pray Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.